1: Slayers and welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick. Okay, well, I told you in our best of that I was thinking that maybe someday I would have a boy on. Today's not that day. Well, I mean, okay, I kind of forgot that like Kirby's a boy. I didn't forget he's a boy, but like we already had a guy. We've just never had anyone besides Kirby. Um, so today's not that day. But I have figured out who the, like, gender-breaking male is going to be on the podcast. And I'm not going to tell you. Um, but I have zero doubts that you're... Wait, zero doubts you're going to love him? I have a bunch of doubts. No, zero doubts that you will love him and he will be so wonderful on the show. Um, so today's episode, how do I phrase this? So way, way back in, on May 24th of 2020, you guys, you guys remember where you were then? You know, we were both, we were just wee little lads in the pandemic. Um, We, I did an episode called like six frozen two quotes to fix your mindset. Um, And this is because I'm a parent and parents, we kind of have to watch movies over and over. And there's this thing that happens when you watch a movie, especially a well done Disney movie um, over and over is you start to really see the symbolism that Disney does and you really start to go, wow. This is a big old life picture that your kids they just, they just missed. It actually makes me wonder, like, you know, I don't know. I feel like Disney's so much different with it now. Like, back in Beauty and the Beast, it was like... Yeah, you should stand up for yourself and don't be a slave. No, act no, 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 never mind. You be the slave, just don't let your dad be the slave. But then like ugly people can be nice too. Oh, don't worry. You don't have to live with an ugly person forever because you were good. We made him hot for you. Um, maybe there was a deeper meaning in beauty and the beast. I'm not sure. Um, little mermaid like fomo can really work out in the end. Like I don't know. I'll have to go back and look through there. I'm I'm pretty convinced that Disney has like been forced to really step up their game uh, with movies, and so yeah. So Frozen two came out, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is good!" Um, and I did an episode on it. It's still good. I still think you should go listen to it. Uh, but today we are going to do a spinoff of episode fifty three, and we are going to do cover inspirational messages that can be learned from the movie Encanto um I will probably pronounce Encanto Encanto uh though you get all sorts of different ways who knows I kind of like can't commit you know because like you ever watch like Jada de Laurentis and um on the food show or food network and she's talking all normal and then she goes jalapenos and you're like okay lady you were pretty normal for 99% of that and then they go genie. and you're like okay cool you speak italian great um, i do know how to pronounce pronounce enunciate no pronounce spanish words correctly i just will kind of go back and forth between being a spanish almost minor in college and just living in the midwest and using her saying encanto that was more texas I'm going to stop with the accents before it starts getting offensive, Kirby always says. Um, So before we get in, obviously this is going to be a spoiler alert. If you've not seen Encanto, I don't know if you should listen to this. I'm just saying, stop what you're doing, no matter what it is. Stop listening to the podcast, go watch the movie, and then return to me. And you will see the brilliance because like, if you haven't seen it, you know, but I I really dug my heels in for a while. I don't know when it came out, but it's been months now. And I did not jump on that train. Normally we are like a big old Disney movie kind of household. And when Disney releases a new movie, you watch it. And for whatever reason, we just, we just didn't. Well, you know what I think happened? Here's what I think happened. My kids saw it in the theater without me which I don't know who took them, but I'm bitter about it Um, because anybody who has kids knows that if there's a movie you wanna go see, like a Disney movie or Pixar or whatever, your kids are your excuse to go. And so I don't know that my kids were like super in a mood to go back a second time. So then that told me that like, eh, they didn't really like it. So it must not be that good. So I didn't really get around to rushing it. They were wrong. It's great. So we are going to do our listener highlight, we're going to pray, and then we are going to all get freaking inspired by Encanto. Okay, so this listener highlight comes via the gram, where a lot of my highlights come from, uh, and it's Pris-Beglowen? Pris- how how on earth do we say your name? Crispy-Glowen, or it's Crystal-Beglowen? Oh, Chris B. Glowin. Maybe it's not her last name. Glowin would be a good last name, though. But Chris B. Glowin is probably what her Instagram is. We will never know. We'll never know. I mean, actually, we could know. We could know in about five seconds from looking at her Instagram and seeing if that's her name. Uh, Okay, so... It says, I am absolutely obsessed with your podcast and just your personality in general. Such a breath of fresh air. I go to Sherman. I'm a year and a half in and would love to one day shadow your office. Well, Crispy Glowen, you can come shadow my office up in Northwest Wisconsin. It's a haul, but yeah, you can come see how awkward I am in real life. I was talking to my intern about that the other day. My intern about to be new associate, um... And she was recommending some interns for like a year from now when we want to bring on another one. And I'm like, you know, the hardest part is, is like people do, like they have to really want to come to Rice Lake, Wisconsin for the city um, and the practice and not because they think I'm really great. And we just laughed about how quickly the... um the special effects. Yeah, the special effects. The, uh, what was the phrase? You know, like, I'm just not that fancy in real life. And I'm a pretty, no- pretty, pretty normal person, just in case those of you thought I wasn't normal. Very normal. Okay, let's pray. And then let's dissect a Disney movie. <laughs> Who wanted to actually learn something really meaningful this week anyways? Like, right? You just, the world's heavy. There's so many podcasts you can go to. Right now, today, we're just going to have some damn fun. And with that, we will pray. (sighs) Dear God, thank you so much for movies. Movies that teach lessons. um, Movies that inspire us. And just things that make us smile. Thank you for the nuance of teaching. um, And just how it's so much easier to watch a Disney movie and see the lessons in hindsight. When you watch a two hour movie, you get to wrap everything up in a bow. And you get to look back and go if that if that wouldn't have happened, then this wouldn't have happened. And we don't, we don't often have that, that with our own lives, either or you know, we're not sitting and reflecting and looking back and going like, oh, if that wouldn't have happened, this did. Um, We're just really living in the day to day. And I don't know, maybe when we die, we will get that satisfaction of when the credits run and you get to go look at the movie all and listen to the soundtrack again and go, oh, I get it. I get it now. I don't know. Do we get to do that? Can you tell me? Oh, you can't tell me. You're not going to tell me. So, so thank you for the lessons that we learn and help us continue to apply them to our life. And uh, hopefully one day we can eat popcorn with you and watch our movie on repeat. In your name we pray. Amen. What? Okay, I was having this conversation with somebody last night. Do you have a, a, a your um, karaoke song? Like this is something that at 35 years old, I'm a little disappointed that I don't have my go-to. I don't think anybody told me, like, hey, you, you're you gonna wanna know, like, when you go to karaoke, like, you're gonna wanna know your one to three songs that you can do. Otherwise, I just, like, sit with a stupid binder and I'm, like, looking. So I don't have, like, a song. I know what song, like, gets me on the dance floor. Uh, that is Don't Stop Believin' by Journey. Um, but I don't know what song I would sing. I feel like I would like return to my high school roots of Britney Spears, not Christina Aguilera. Like nobody should have Christina Aguilera as their their go-to karaoke, unless you can, I mean, who am I? Maybe you can belt it out. Um, Shania Twain, Dixie Chicks, Oh Earl Had to Die. That would be a good one. Um, but yeah, so I don't why why were we talking about karaoke, you guys? I don't know, but yeah, at 35 I don't have it. Oh, one more random thing before we I promise we're gonna do this. Um so I was adjusting today, and I was adjusting this teenager, and she's adorable and just so fashionable, and she was wearing like a traditional turtleneck under a cardigan. And I asked her. <laughs> is that a dicky, or is that like a real car, uh, real turtleneck? And she looked at me imaginably. Um, like she had no idea what I'm talking about. And then Randy, the intern, the, the associate, whatever we're calling her looks at me also like, what are you talking about? And then another person in the room who was more my age, um, like lifted her head from the table and she's like, I know what you're talking about. So we're going to do a quick learning mess- lesson, uh, just in case you don't learn anything from the rest of, or Encanto, you're going to learn something now. In addition to every adult should have a song that is their karaoke song. Next lesson. Dickies. Okay. So back when you're going to need to know this just in case turtlenecks make a comeback. So back when turtlenecks wearing turtlenecks under sweaters was like really cool, but was very warm, right? You're wearing two layers and sometimes you want to look cool but you don't want to be that hot. So what the fashion world's uh, resolution to this or solution was, so they took the neckline of the dickie, like, you know, the collar, or sorry, of the turtleneck, and then they cut off the sleeves in the bottom. So there was just this shell that kind of tucked under your sweater. So it looked like you were wearing a full-blown turtleneck. In fact, you were wearing a dickie. Um, you're welcome. Okay, let's do this. So again, spoiler alert, spoiler, I am not holding back through this, you're just gonna know, because we're the very first lesson um, is, it's, you know what, I'm not gonna even call it one, we're just gonna get it over with, because I feel like it's so cliche that it's like, really, Lauren, that's what you're bringing? No. Okay, so the overarching message in all of Encanto is that like, everybody's got a gift. And this is my opinion. Um, Everyone has a gift, because right? All of her family is magical, has magical gifts, can like speak to animals, can control the weather, can see the future, can heal with food, like cool ass gifts, right? And then Poor daughter does not have any gifts. And then lo and behold, she had the gift of all and saved everyone. But she didn't actually get a magical gift. So there's this kind of this whole like underarching thing that it doesn't need to be magic. You, yourself, being who you were born to be in your authenticity is the magic. Okay, I'm not gonna call that one of our lessons because it's just a little, (laughs) it's a little kindergarten, guys. Right, right, right. We're gonna go deeper than that. What I will say. From that is a lot of the movie, Mirabelle, the main character, is looking at her family who has these, like, flashy gifts, And she's she's pretty good about not being, like, jealous and salty about it. I, I do wonder if she was, like, a salty-ass first grader for a while or teenager like I would have been. Um, I can't do the dishes. I don't have magic. Uh, but she does, there's a lot of comparison. And ultimately when she started, when she stopped comparing what she didn't have, that's when things really evolve. So I feel like a lot of us, how this relates to us as adults and not children and not people with magic is I do think that there's a lot of comparison in life. Obviously social media is really designed to do that. And I think it's easy as a chiropractor to look at other chiropractors who are on stages who are writing books who have lots of followers who are getting viral reels who are seeing a thousand people a minute who are hundred percent pediatric and make 572 what number is that 500 million dollars a year whatever right like it's easy to look at those chiropractors and feel like they're more of a chiropractor than you are that they're having more impact than you are and to really feel like who are you to go to social media with your message who are you to educate on in your marketing let's just let you know oh we'll just let the people who are more comfortable do it and ultimately that who is that you know who that's going to hold back that's going to hold you back so i will say one of the deeper things in the lesson number one is that comparison is going to hold you back right And that really just being authentic and who you are and whatever gifts God gave. Maybe you suck at social media. Like, I don't know. Well, I think social media is broad enough that you can't suck at all of it. Okay, maybe you're not good on video. Okay, let's work with that. You can still do reels. You don't have to speak. Maybe you don't, you know, maybe you like to dance or, you know, maybe you don't like to dance, but you can sit down and, you know, communicate chiropractic effectively in words. So realizing like what gifts you have and starting to focus on what you have and what you don't rather than what you don't have and make that work for you. Okay. Lesson number two, this one's a big one. I put it close to the top because if you stopped listening, this was my favorite one. And so you'd have to, you'd be forced to get at least this one. Okay. Louisa, right? Okay. In case you don't know, Louisa is the very strong sister who, um, has like incredible strength, like physical strength. Now she has a song called surface pressure. Um, and when I listened to the song, it like struck, not struck a nerve, not struck a chord. It like resonated in my soul, because she's talking about all of the pressure, how like everybody expects her to be strong and fix everything. She's the fixer and the doer and the helper and without her and how she has all of this pressure on her shoulders. Um, but she wants, she can't let anybody know that the pressure is affecting her and that, she literally says in the song that if for a moment she didn't have that, she could maybe experience joy or relaxation. Now, Kirby and I got into a little fight about what Enneagram Louisa was. Um, ultimately, he was right, but I think I was still pretty right. I think that the writers, I, I'm convinced that when writers do a movie like this, they definitely have like Enneagram personalities. In, t- in mind, but just because it's kind of a hack to make an authentic, relatable human like that, you know, if you don't use the Enneagram, then it'd be like, well, that's not, that's not congruent with that person's personality that, you know, oh, I thought you were more like this. And then, then it gets confusing. And then we get mad and we stop watching the Disney movie. No, so anyways, I like to think that they use the Enneagram. And I thought Louisa was an Enneagram three, because ultimately, um, the perceived pressure and like expectation that you really put on yourself holds you back from experiencing joy and relaxation. Threes really struggle with experiencing joy. I have had Devin Vrana ask me straight up at a retreat, like, what brings you joy? And I'm like, um, uh, and even right now, is this something that people can do? Can people just like whip off five things that bring them joy? Like, Kirby can. I know he can, but he's, like, meditates and works on this stuff. Um, coffee? Can, can coffee bring me joy? Um, so I don't know. A real doing really well on the Internet, but not too well that I have to delete it. Can that bring me joy? I don't know. So anyways, that's not, that's not number two. So go, uh, lesson number two, pressure can be perceived and self-inflicted. Um, a lot of us hold ourselves to a certain standard Um, as a spouse, as a parent, as a friend, especially as a business owner. And this pressure to succeed, whether this is the pressure to hit certain numbers, whether this is the pressure to know every answer for your patients. Um, whatever the pressure is, a lot of the anxiety that we feel around other people's expectations of us can be perceived. Now, granted, some of it may not be perceived, and then you need to work on boundaries. Um, But in this instance, Louisa is really putting a lot of the pressure on herself, and it's stressing the girl out. Hardcore. So, areas in your life. Lesson. When you're feeling that pressure, you know, even if it's from a boss, like have that clear, clean communication, like am I understanding that this is what you're expecting in this timeline? You know, if it's a patient, you know, experiment with one of the, my favorite things to tell people or other docs is like it is okay to say that's a great question. Let me do some research and get back to you. Or hey, here's an idea. That is a great question. That's a little out of the scope of knowledge that I have as a chiropractor. Because guess what? Like, I had a patient starting to talk to me about Hashimoto's this week. And we had to talk as docs of like, okay. And I was like, oh gosh, I need to like learn. how, Dude, okay, I need to understand Hashimoto's on a fundamental level that I can communicate with her. And like, you know, but I'm not, I don't necessarily need to know what medications she should and shouldn't do like it's okay if you're not super and like knowledgeable about something it's okay it's okay to go like that is that's out of my scope um and then just from relationship standpoint like just understanding like what kind of pressure are you putting on yourself versus what is the reality okay Number three, this comes from Bruno. And on this podcast, we do talk about Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno. Um, I don't, I would ask Kirby to like insert the We Don't Talk About Bruno song right here. No, nothing. Oh, oh, it's illegal. It's illegal to play Disney songs without, okay, okay. (laughs) Um, Or maybe he can, I don't know. It's three seconds. So Bruno is passed away from his family um because what they said is like basically he i think they were like viewing him as like a jinx or like a bad omen um but really you learn that bruno can have like he has predictions about the future and he's really good at it and so then when those predictions came true people were ticked off here is the life lesson from bruno Um, sometimes people are not ready to face certain truths about where their life choices are leading them. Okay. This is definitely something that I have to confront in clinic as a very candid person with possible, like on the spectrum. Um, I, can easily offend people without having any idea that I was being offensive. Um, And like people can get really weird. Like in, I shouldn't say they're being weird. They have their own, their own shit. Um, But like when I, I've learned when I'm talking to patients or when I'm talking to employees, the answer may be really obvious to me. Like here's an example. I have a patient who started about a year and a half ago and they were going to a chiropractor once a month. And they would throw their back out about six times a year um, and really bad, like miss work, like flexorol, like the whole the whole gamut. And so we did what we did. We did a scan and, you know, we're able to see like, oh, OK, yep. Um, and I felt really confident putting her on a three times a week for three month plan based on her insight scan. Um, and she didn't throw back out like we you know she's been incredible for like two years now what happens when our patients are feeling really good they want to start coming less which I was totally okay with trying right like her scan looked good so I felt confident that like the neurology was stable enough that we'd really solidified this new neuroplasticity in her body and she goes to every other week goes two weeks one time great goes two weeks another time I can tell oh boy oh boy this isn't going well Um, And so I tell her, I said, like, hey, how are you feeling? She's like, well, it's a little stiff. But of course, she has an excuse or not an excuse, uh, an explanation in her head. But, you know, we were doing a lot of yard work this weekend. And I'm like, well, okay, just letting you know, your back is starting to digress. I don't know if this every other week is working. She's like, no, 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 I think it's just the yard work. I'm like, "Okay." Um, so then comes in two weeks later and threw her back out in the shower, like, you know, just like a really simple thing. So here I am thinking, okay, this is obvious to her that every other week is not working. And so I kind of like make a joke about like, I told you, and she got, okay, she's still patient. So she didn't get like really mad. But she got super defensive. Because I was just like, yeah, I told you every other week was not working. So are you ready to go back to weekly? And that just, it just didn't go well. Um, so one of the number one things I'm having to learn continually, (laughs) I've been doing this 11 years, but I tell you growth, it's a thing. It keeps going, um, is how to be much more Socratic with patients or, um, even family members, like family members who are not asking me, but telling me like what's going on and what they're going to do about it. Um learning that telling them like oh that's a bad idea that's not gonna work or that was yeah that was stupid to do that or schedule that appointment you know whatever it is um it's really not the best way to get through to people so I don't know how that turns out for Bruno um I will say that it would be difficult if I had like into like psychic abilities and I could very confidently tell someone like I see how this is going to turn out for you um, I don't know if they would trust me anymore in that scenario. Mm. But, so, people are not always ready for truth. So, lesson number four. When given a miracle, it is easy to get bogged down in survival mode. Okay, so let's let's look at the data here in Encanto. So, husband dies? Oops, super sad single mom, three babies, and she gets a magic candle. I don't know if they sell those at TJ Maxx, but she was delivered a miracle and it is how they refer to it in um, and then this candle goes on to give powers to all the children. Um, So then here we are fast forward like I don't know the kids were babies, let's just say 35 years but grandma's Yeah, she's Yeah, we'll say 30 years or so and uh grandma's kind of a grumpy biatch not gonna lie um i know that you know the uh what's it called in uh, like the the abuela like that that role is very serious and they're in charge i mean i would be cool we do not talk enough about how like um hispanic and south american like the emphasis on like the the grandmother um That's pretty cool versus the dude. We just do that in the U.S. But anyways, I digress. Uh, So she's given this miracle, and then she kind of turns into a grumpy chick, right? And she's like mad at Mirabelle that she doesn't have a thing, and everyone's just like, get out of the way so I can do this. Um, So with us, how does this relate to me, Lauren? I don't have a magic TJ Maxx candle. So chiropractic is, mm, let's just say, pretty freaking cool, right? Um, I would say about once a month, still, still about once a month, maybe once every six to eight weeks, there is something that will happen in clinic that I am like, wait, no way, seriously? And it is just, it blows me away that chiropractic, like I anticipated, I knew it was possible. I understand neurologically how it happened, but I'm still like, holy how um or you know like when you get that adjustment that you just like sit up and you're like my brain is like like power on if you are not a chiropractor and you are listening uh to this podcast hey thanks welcome I don't know why you're listening does any of this make sense to you um but get adjusted because chiropractic is so freaking powerful but what do we do? Oh, we get, we get bogged down in the grumpy people. We get bogged down in the one patient that isn't getting life-changing results immediately. We get bogged down in the person who quit care instead of the person who's on our table. So lesson four, pretty straightforward. I don't know what we need to do as a, as a group of chiropractors to constantly be reminded that chiropractic is miraculous it's not magic okay there's a difference it's not voodoo magic here people um but like the body is a miracle the way the body is designed so I shouldn't say chiropractic okay chiropractic unlocks the miracle of the body is that a better way for some people who get really like people get really all up in semantics of like, well, chiropractor doesn't treat anything. Okay, okay, get it. I get it. I get it. Um, So it is so easy to get bogged down in our clinic. And I had um, one of our CAs when we're like super busy. uh, We have a CA back in our open adjusting, taking photos, literally holding babies, um, not shaking hands but hugs talking to moms, you know, we just have that CA kind of as a floater. It's really nice. This is a little like systems and procedure thing. Um, it's really nice is when we're very busy, I can kind of like hand the baton off to my CA to continue the conversation. And it's like, and I can just be like, adjust. Hey Barb. Yeah. Got weekend plans. Good. Okay. Turn over. Yep. Okay. uh, Okay. Good. Sit up. All right, great. I'll see you next week. And like, I can kind of float in and out very quickly, but the patient sits and talks to the CA and like, so it's nice. Um, it's not ideal, but sometimes we just get really, really busy. and behind. So where I had the CA back and she pointed out, she's like, holy cow, because we're always trying to get testimonials, right? And she's like, people say miraculous testimonials to you all the time and you just glaze right over them. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And it's just like, just simple things of like, oh, hey, how's your sinuses? Oh, amazing. Everything drained after that last adjustment. Okay, cool. Um, Oh, how's the heartburn doing? Oh, awesome. I don't know what you did that last time. It didn't feel good, but I haven't had heartburn since. I'm going to start weaning off my omeprazole. Cool. Great. Yeah. See you later. Um, any headaches? You know, was a, no, no, I haven't had headaches in months. Like, oh, cool. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Great um so if you're new in practice maybe you don't deal with this but for all of us who've been in practice a while wake the freak up and see the miracles that are happening in your office every day okay number five this one's a little cheesy but I do think that I I heard this quote I don't know where so I can't give anybody credit but I didn't make it up Episode, or episode, lesson five is God qualifies the chosen, not chooses the qualified. This is really obviously, a, you know, gets down from a cheesy standpoint within Encanto about Mirabel of all the people to save the family. She was the one least qualified. She had no gifts. Um, but, you know, when we look at this phrasing like this is not a unique thing. This is actually a very biblical lesson that happens over and over and and why so many people really turn down all the signs of spirit, source, universe, God, whatever, um, directing them and guiding them to do something, to say something, because they're like, ooh, I am literally not qualified to do this. And sometimes God just don't give a fuck. Um, Oh, you thought that I wasn't going to swear because this was about a Disney movie sorry, people, if your children were just listening, I will keep it PG the rest of the episode. Um, So yeah, very simple. This, you know, Mirabelle realized it was not about her. She also used the wisdom of other people. So right, like she's like, given this prophecy or whatever, that like, I am gonna like, I'm going to ruin the house, but I'm also going to save the house. And she starts really just digging in and talking to each of her family members. And, like, that is how that was kind of her superpower in the end of, like, well, how did she do it? Well, she listened. Like, she listened to everyone around her. In the end, how did she know what to do? She listened to the grandma. And, you know, so, like, Is the lesson there that, like, we were given two ears and one mouth, or is it that, like, part of growing in your skills is, like, learning from others? I don't know. But ultimately, for those who don't feel qualified for something God's asking you to do, learn from Mirabelle, because God wants to qualify you. All right. Number six. So back to Kirby and I fighting about the Enneagram in these characters number six um is from isabel now isabel initially was my favorite character okay just and as soon as i said like "Ooh, i like her charlie and ty turned to me and they're like mm, you're not going to and i was like what no because this girl can make flowers she can make plants and she's the oldest um and her life is perfect and I relate to this as being the oldest I'm just kidding um I like plants and um I do think that the oldest hold a special place in the parents heart whether my mom agrees with it or not I don't care um so Isabel's the oldest so I'm like cool she makes plants oldest I relate to her on so many levels and she's like she's got long hair and I have long fake hair I'm pretty sure her fair her hair is real though um you know, she can grow plants, she can probably grow hair. And so I like her. And she has this song, though, that so Kirby thinks she was a three, because her song is all about how she is so sick of other people wanting her to be perfect. And I'm like, I think Luisa's a three. And Kirby's like, no, if anything, Isabel's a three. And I'm like, no, Isabel is not a three. She's a one. Like threes don't care about being perfect for people or like other people wanting them to be perfect. There's this whole vanity thing. Um, But like, no, 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 no. The perfect needing to be perfect award goes to the ones. And in this scenario, even though, kirby was right about louisa where she was a two wing three we never really covered that like the writers of disney really they really hit that like wing three pretty hard with with that too but with Isabel, i think they said she was a one wing nine i'm trying to remember if it was a one wing nine or one wing two i think a nine she's not Isabel's not a helper all of us who've watched Encanto are like no oh we get it again if you haven't seen this movie what are you getting out of this podcast? Um, okay, so she has this song, right? So this is, I mean, really the depth of character and like some of the issues that these characters are dealing with in Encanto are very deep. Um, you know, her wanting to be perfect. And she makes this cactus and she's all surprised because it's ugly and it's not what people expect from her. And she starts to really pour into to this, um, this whole new thing. So what what can we learn from Isabel making cactus and not flowers um, is really kind of this we have to stop trying to be perfect for others or other people's ideas of success and beauty. We really have to learn that wh- what stresses us out is trying to be something for others that we're not. So it's a little different than like the pressure and expectations thing. This is just this idea of how other people's want, other people want us to be, how they want us to act and succeed, and like beauty standards, all of this across the board. And for us as chiropractors, I feel like so many people are very very unhappy in their practice um, because they didn't make the practice that they wanted. They're unhappy with social media because they think that they have to show up on social media a certain way. They think that they have to show up in their webinars or their marketing events a certain way. They think they have to show up to strictly business after five at the chamber a certain way, dress a certain way. Um, And ultimately, you know, one of the biggest things, there were so many big changes we did, um, but one of the things that we did that when we moved into our new clinic was go to open adjusting and barefoot and not just me my patients are barefoot well they can wear socks if they want or they can put booties on and I it was something I wanted for a long time but I thought like people are gonna think it's gross people are gonna think it's unprofessional people are not gonna like the lack of privacy and guess what some people do feel that way I was not wrong Some people definitely I'm sure have quit because they do not want to take their shoes off or are annoyed that they have to take their shoes off. Um, But I'm shoeless and I don't want to step in your muck and there's babies crawling on the floor and I don't want them to crawl in your muck. Um, And then with the open adjusting, like there are so many beautiful conversations that happen only because we have open adjusting. And it's my clinic and it's authentically who I am. And the people who don't like it, they're okay to go. That is totally okay. Let's send you somewhere where you're authentically happy. Um, But the people who vibe with us, it's because they vibed with an authentic version of me. And guess what is so much easier to uphold? (laughs) An authentic version of me. So what else can I do is kind of this phrase in Isabel's song where she's wondering, like, holy shit, if I stop trying to be perfect for everyone, look at this thing, this talent I have that I didn't even know I could do. What else is possible for me? Okay, last thing. Uh, lesson seven. Um, and this is, gosh, who says it? Oh, um, it's stars don't shine, they burn. You know what? It, oh, um, no, I don't know who said it. I had it written down when I was initially. Well, sorry, we're just going to have to Google it afterwards. Kirby will put it in the show notes for us because I know we're all going to be just on the edge of our seat. But some of you are like, oh, I know who said that. Lauren, listen. Um, so this is an interesting one. And kind of like you, you when you hear it said, you're like, oh, that sounds like it should be on a poster. Um, but what does it mean? So when I hear this, you know, stars don't shine, they burn. I think that it really is that underlying message of the amount of hard work that we don't see behind closed doors, that personal hard work. I'm not going to use the six letter word hustle. I don't know how I feel about the word hustle. I feel like it's been ruined. I feel like the word hustle's been ruined um, because if you don't hustle hard enough, whatever. But there is, with the word shine, it's very passive, right? Like it feels like a gift that was given to someone. They're shiny. Um, Whereas a star that burns, burn is a much, it's, it's not an ugly word, but it's definitely not passive. It is active. I feel like, in burning there's this deeper sense of like the destruction that is happening um but also the production that is happening there's just really this act activity in the word burn that shows you that the people that you are likely putting on pedestals the people that you think oh they're so shiny um they're so perfect and pretty and this and like it comes back down to they are Are burning, in a good way, not literal, um, behind the scenes at what they do, and it is messy and it is ugly, and sometimes it is a complete start over of like of an idea of like that was terrible. But so often we see the end result, and we don't we only get to see the shiny bits, and we don't get to see all of the process that where they burned and worked to get to that point. So there you go. Seven life lessons. I know you needed. I know, I know you needed them. You know, like I said, sometimes, sometimes we just don't need to take everything so damn serious, except for Disney movies. We clearly need to make them very serious and learn the life lessons. So with that being said, I'm going to go make myself some lunch and turn on the Encanto soundtrack and sing We Don't Talk About Bruno and Surface Pressure over and over. All right, folks, until next week, I love you. If you stayed with me till the end and you have not seen the movie, will you please? Um, And if you did have watched the movie, I would love to know if there was a lesson in the movie that I didn't cover. I will share that with the Instagram people. Um, and, And yeah, just tag me while you're watching Encanto for the 76th time the life of a parent. All right. Until next week, people. Bye.
0: Hey, She Slayers. Are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? Sked has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to Scad because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait.